0: Phone Hill by Dylan Thomas Dylan Thomas, a Welsh poet and short story writer of great talent, was born in Carmarthenshire and educated at a grammar school in Swansea. He spent over a year as a newspaper reporter. His first volume of poems was published when he was only 19. In 1938, he won the Oscar Blumenthal Prize. He was rejected for military service in the Second World War. He lived by writing for the BBC, newspapers and films, and in later years by poetry readings, especially in the United States. His published poems included 18 poems, 25 poems, deaths and entrances from which Fernhill has been taken, and collected poems. In addition to his poetry, he wrote some lively and amusing prose works, most of them autobiographical in a fantastic manner. Portrait of the artist as a young dog is the most interesting of them all. His public life took a severe toll of both his life and his poetry, and he died in America in 1953. Dylan Thomas was a highly original poet, the only influences on him apart from the Bible and Anglo-Welsh writers being G.M. Hopkins and Yeats. He was influenced by the bardic tradition of his native Welsh poetry to regard sound and meter as slightly more important even than sense. He was prodigal of words, especially of adjectives and tropes, but he observed precisely the self-imposed formal elements of stanza and management of meter and verse form. In his poems, emotion is released in a flood of images. He had a complex theory of allowing images to conflict and contradict one another and throw up fresh ones. The leaps of his imagination become somewhat difficult for the reader to discern. Words and images are driven far too hard and the poetical texture becomes sense, blocking the flow of feeling and thought. In such cases, it would be better for us to respond to our first impressions and not attempt a precise intellectual analysis. Dylan Thomas felt what is hidden should be made naked. To be stripped of darkness is to be clean. To strip of darkness is to make clean poetry recording the stripping of the individual darkness must inevitably cast light upon what has been hidden for too long and by doing so may clean the naked exposure. Freud cast light on a little of the darkness he had exposed. Benefiting by the sh- sight of light and the knowledge of the hidden nakedness, poetry must drag further into the clean nakedness of light, more even of the hidden causes than Freud could realize. Dylan Thomas belongs to the new romantic school of poets who are more interested in depicting their own individual emotional development than in dealing with the external world. New Romanticism was a movement in modern English poetry which was a contemporary of and originated from the Surrealist movement. The Surrealist poets Dylan Thomas and George Barker were the chief New Romantic poets too. These poets were more concerned with exploration of self than with the treatment of the external world of physical reality and concentrated on their own private world and vision rather than on the social world around them. The neo-romantic movement accepted the idea that the poet should use images that arose spontaneously in his mind without trying to understand them and should let one image suggest another image without trying to work out the pattern of the poem logically. The reaction against the poetry of the Odin group, started earlier by the surrealists, was carried on by the poets of the New Apocalypse, namely Henry Trees, J.F. Henry, Nicholas Moore, Vernon Watkins, Tom Scott, Norman McCaig, and G.S. Fraser. These poets denounced the over-intellectuality and social interest of the poetry of the 1930s and sought to present individual vision and private perspectives of the world. As against the left-wing ideology of the Auden group, they adopted an anarchic position in the political field. Unlike the poets of the Orden group, Dylan Thomas was not interested in dealing in his poetry with temporal things or with the external world around him. Instead he showed a great interest in elemental things which he made the subject of his poetry. Love of man and praise of God are as he himself admits the two chief themes on which he has frequently written his poems. Psychology religion and sex provide him with some other favourite themes. In this respect, the Bible and Freud are two great influences on him. His poetry reveals a Freudian preoccupation with the subconscious and sex. His obsession with birth, copulation and death is prominent in his early poems. This obsession with death, which is the most striking feature of his work, Almost certainly went back to his childhood and became intensified in his adolescence. His fascinated preoccupation with the process of birth and the monstrous excitement of sex are byproducts of his horror of death. Birth and copulation were for Thomas merely stages on the way to death. One of the prominent qualities of Dylan Thomas's poetry is the lyrical element in it. A neo romantic, He possessed the traits of a romantic temper such as lyricism, imaginative vigour and emotional intensity. Although he wrote ballads, sonnets and narrative poems too, it is his lyrical poems that stand out from the rest. He has written several exquisite lyrics possessing a verbal felicity, simplicity, musical vigour, subjectivity and emotional glow. Throughout Thomas's lyric, lyric poetry, a unity of vision is apparent. He sees death in birth and resurrection in death. He is aware of hate in all love and of the power of love to transcend suffering. He comprehends the simultaneous glory and corruption in life and the fact that forms of life are interdependent and inseparable much of dylan thomas's poetry is marked by obscurity and incoherence this is because of the occasional obscurity of both the subject matter and style often his style resembles that of the metaphysical poets and tends to be obscure like it Phone Hill is the celebration of a holiday in childhood spent by the poet with his aunt Anne Johns and uncle at their farm in the country house in Thomas's native South Wales. It has been hailed as a rhapsody on an exciting evocation of the poet's childhood. One sees in it the romantic ardour of Blake or Wordsworth or of seventeenth-century Trahern. They all see childhood as essentially holier than adulthood, its immorality amoral, as sanctified innocence. The child's vision is seen as a reflection of the freshness of the world in the creation. The poem is full of images of heaven and Eden, of light and colour and of gaiety of mood and movement. The note of joy is somewhat muted, By the melancholy awareness of the brevity of childhood joys. The child, however, is happily unaware of its chains. This reflection somewhat shadows the movement of the poem in the last two stanzas. Death and life, according to Dylan Thomas, are closely related and this idea is frequently repeated in his poems. It was a happy holiday that the poet spent at Gurnhill in his childhood. He was young and easy under the apple boughs. The house was lilting and the grass green. The starry night was thrilling. He grew up as the friend of all, as the very prince of apple towns. He felt at home among the trees and leaves. He was green and carefree among the barns. He sang and played in the golden sun. A happy herdsman, he saw the cows dancing to his horn. An eager huntsman, he heard on the hills the clear and cold barks of the foxes. The pebbles of the stream sang to him on a Sunday. His innocent joy and well-being have thus been admirably brought out. The verses are full of light and colour. All day long he ran about the place merrily. Lovely scenes greeted him everywhere. The hay fields were high as the house, the chimneys were sending out pleasing tunes. The warmth of the sun was as enjoyable as the cool green grass. The happy routine extended far into the night. The very stars of the sky had acquired simplicity about them. As they rode back to sleep, the owls took charge of the beauties of the place. Lingering among the horses of the stable, he could hear the hoots of the owl from the neighbouring skies. Out in the open, they were flying with ricks. Inside the stable, the horses were flashing in the dark. The bounding joy and bustling energy of the child have been effectively conveyed in these lines. The gaiety of mood and movement is well sustained. The child woke up in the morning to greet the world in all its freshness. The farm was like a wanderer white with dew, the cock on his shoulder. This is a beautiful picture of the farm bathed in the dew with a cock prominent in the yard. It grew round for the very first time. Adam and Eve must have been thrilled to see the first light of the newly created sun. No less thrilling was the child's vision of the freshness of the world on that happy morning. It looked as if the horses walked out of the stable for the very first time into an enchanted realm. The visions of this stanza recalled to our mind those of Blake. Everything on the farm delighted the child for his own heart was overflowing with happiness. He never knew then that the time was full of changes. Only to children green and golden is time ever so gracious. The spirit of the grown-up would be clogged with heaviness. Life and farm alike would be sadly void of uh, childlike glow. A knowledge of all this, the child on that farm was happily spared. He was green and dying, but he knew he was not He knew not he was in chains. He was therefore free and muddy like the sea. Death and life, according to Dylan Thomas, were closely related. As the child is involved in the process of time, so it is involved also in the process of death. The death of a flower comes under the same edict and force as our own death, because the powers of destruction are united. This idea occurs in the concluding lines of the poem. The total impression of the poem, however, is one of the innocent happiness of childhood the days.